Welcome to Project Lakuta Siches. We will be learning today Sikha Beis of Parshas Kiseitze, in Chelik Yedalit, page 86. This Sikha uh, here is on the last Rashi of this week's Parsha. V'siyam Parsha Seinu, Maitik Rashi, Timcha Ezecher Amalek. So there's a mitzvah to erase the memory of Amalek. Umafarish, and Rashi explains the Pshat as follows. It includes man or woman, an infant or a nursing baby, an ox or a sheep. Again, the name of Amalek should not be remembered, even on an animal that belongs to Amalek. That someone could say, This animal belonged to Amalek. So that's the pshat of Timcha Zechar Amalek, to completely erase a remembrance of Amalek. Bashkoferishayna, at first glance, Bo Rashi Lashmiyenu. So Rashi here is teaching me. Shemichia Zechar Amalek Pirusha, the pshat of erasing the remembrance of Amalek, is Leira Karigas Habneyodam da Amalek. Not just to kill and wipe out any of the humans that are descendants of Amalek. Elagamichia Sabbeyma, even to wipe out and completely get rid of even the animals. And we are forced to say, and this is the pshat, in the pashat pshat of the Pasuk, since it says in the Torah, if you just get rid of the people, but you leave the animals alive, so then you still have Zeichar Amalek, a remembrance for Amalek. Another point is, the descendants of Amalek, they are Amalek. So if the Torah says Zeicher Amalek, it's telling you we're not talking about the people. Obviously, the people you have to get rid of. It's talking about any other pe- things that are related to Amalek, that are connected to Amalek, that you have the remembrance, the name of Amalek upon them. So therefore, from this lashon, we know that it includes animals as well. Tzadach Lahavin, however, the Rebbe has a bunch of questions here on this Rashi. The first question is Ma Bachlal Koshaba What's bothering Rashi? What's not understood in these words? Timcha zecher amalek. Wipe out any remembrance of amalek. Why does Rashi have to clarify that? Isn't it simply understood that it would include everything? Anything that the name of amalek would be mentioned on it has to be erased. Now, if we'll say, Rashi is not coming to explain the translation of these words that are simple. He's coming to tell you the truth of the facts here. How do you accomplish this? How do you wipe out any memory of Amalek? If it's necessary to explain how this is done, so why doesn't Rashi explain this in Parshas B'Shalach? The Ebishter says, I will wipe out any remembrance of Amalek. And there Rashi doesn't say what that entails. How do we wipe out the entire remembrance of Amalek? So if Rashi doesn't say anything the first time around, so Mochach, it's clear, the meaning of the words, or and also how it's to be done. It's simple and easy to understand, even for the child learning this. So why here in this week's parasha does Rashi explain what Timcha Ezecher Amalek includes? So that's one simple and basic question on this Rashi. 
And then, if you look more specifically into the language of Rashi, there are the following questions. So what's Rashi's Chiddush? Rashi is saying that wiping out the remembrance of Amalek includes even the animals. Why is Rashi bringing, which is actually a quote from the Pasuk in Shmuel, the men, the women, the infants, that's the human beings. They are Amalek themselves. As we said before, that's obvious that they have to be uh, erased. The Chiddush here is even the animals. So Rashi should have just quoted the conclusion of the Pasuk where it says, and so on. There in the Pasuk it goes on and it mentions also the camel and the donkey. They're also part of the memory of a Malik. It's not part of Shair and Seh, the ox and the sheep. If the Pasuk is Shmuel, elaborates and counts separately Gomel and Chamer, so then uh, Rashi should also bring separately Shur and Seh and then Gomel and Chamer. That's the main Chiddush regarding the animals. Gimel me'ishvat Seh krohu kanal. As quoted before, this is something that comes from the Pasuk and Shmuel. Or because and nevertheless, like Kosov Rashi kedarke bekamem mekoymis or bekol mokoym kedichsev, Rashi does not say that he doesn't tell you he's quoting a pasuk from Shmuel. Why not? Rashi speaks and says these words as if it's his own pittish, his own language, but it's not. After Rashi says what the purpose of wiping out even the animals. And that is, so the name of Amalek should not even be mentioned on an animal. So why does Rashi have to say, that people will say that this, Amalek, that this animal belonged to Amalek? Seems to be redundant. It's obvious. The point here is that it belongs to Amalek, so the name of Amalek is on it. Why does Rashi have to say, people say so? Another question here is, hey, the last question, that is, Rashi Gamatevas Timcha S. Rashi brings from the Pasuk also the two words of Timcha S, to wipe out. Doesn't seem like Rashi has any additional clarification regarding those two words. Rashi is just explaining the word Zecha, the remembrance of Amalek. What does that entail? What does that include? So Rashi should have just brought the two words of Zecha Amalek. So these are the questions that we have. Six questions on this Rashi. The basic question, what's Bachlal Rashi coming to clarify? And then the details. The way Rashi quotes this Pasuk from Shmuel is very interesting. What he chooses to quote, what he does not choose to quote. He doesn't even tell you that it's a Pasuk altogether. So what's going on in this Rashi? Rabir the is as follows. When the Teir says, erase the remembrance of Amalek. There's a simple basic question and understanding this in the Pshat of the Pasuk. The word Zechar Amalek means the remembrance, the remembrance of Amalek. So then what's the command? What are you supposed to be erasing here? Erasing that remembrance of Amalek. To erase this from where, from the place where the remembrance is. Where is the remembrance of Amalek? In the mind, in the heart of the person. That's the Pshat. So we're erasing the remembrance from the place where it's remembered. Then a move on. So if so, the question is, 
Limchais zechra malik machshavta. How could you command? How could you tell a person erase the remembrance of this nation, of these people, of Amalek? It's impossible. That's not something you can tell a person to do. But the most the Pasuk could say is, The remembrance of Amalek should not be on your heart. Don't pay attention to it. Don't allow, if the thought comes into your mind or heart, you should, you should remove it. Remove the remembrance of Amalek from your heart. Which would mean, Don't willingly think about Amalek. Aval, However, a person does not have the control over his thoughts, that the remembrance of Amalek should not even enter into his mind. That's not something that a person has control over. Different ideas and thoughts that a person had in his, in his experience and what he, what he knows in the past and so on, enter into his mind, willingly even or not willingly. So that's not something you could command a person to do. So the real question over here is not only the word Zechar Amalek itself, what does Zechar Amalek entail, but the question is deeper when it says Timche as Zechar Amalek, so then how does a person wipe out the remembrance of Amalek of his mind? So this answers the last question that Rebbe asked, why Rashi brings from the Pasik the words Timche as Zechar Amalek. That's really the question here. The Rebbe brings a source for this from the Gemara. Valderech Maimer Azal, this is similar, to what the Gemara says, There are three Avedas that nobody is saved from them every day. And one of them is, The thoughts of Aveda that enter into the person's mind, even unwillingly, and that's something that's not in your control. Once it's in your mind, so you have to immediately push it away. But the fact that these thoughts enter in the person's mind, that's something that's out of your control. So the same thing applies over here. How does one erase the memory of a Amalek from his mind? On the contrary, when a person remembers this very command, that I have to erase Amalek from my mind, so this itself reminds you of Amalek. So the, the very tzivu itself, the very command to erase Amalek, so the remembrance of Amalek is there in your mind. And the Rebbe continues on and says as follows. Now we'll understand why in Parshas B'Shalach this question doesn't come up. That was one of the points that Rebbe asked. That in Parshas B'Shalach Rashi was quiet. But over here Rashi is explaining it to us. So this is a question that's only over here. Not in Parshas B'Shalach. So there the Tater says, The Yevishter will erase the remembrance of Amalek. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Yevishter, Shehu Koyal Yachol, he can do whatever he wants. Maftiach, he promises that he'll eventually erase the remembrance of Amalek, of the thoughts and of the hearts of people. So that's the Abishta. Of course, we can't ask any questions how the Abishta is going to do so. Here, the Tate is giving a mitzvah to Yidin. You wipe out the remembrance of Amalek of your heart. So the question remains. How could a person erase the remembrance of a Malik of your thoughts? And here the Rebbe adds another point. And eventually to erase the, thought, the remembrance of a Malik of the thoughts of every human being that lives under the sky. That's what it says in the Pasuk. So you have to erase the memory of a Malik from all people. How is that humanly possible to achieve when, a, when those thoughts enter into a person's mind, even without his choice? So this is the question that Rashi is really addressing here. 
So Rashi is not just simply telling you the details of what is included in Zechar Amalek. Rashi is coming to answer a basic question of what the Torah means here when it says to erase the memory of Amalek. Rashi explains, What's the mitzvah? What is the action that the person has to do? It's not upon you. you don't, it's impossible for a person to actually wipe out the memory of Amalek from your mind. Ki'im, what the person has to do is, limchoik, limchoik, that is, kol amaskirim You go and erase and wipe out anything, any item, anything that exists that will remind you of the name of Amalek. That's what you have to do. And there, here Rashi says what that includes. Mishar, vatzeh, including an ox or a sheep. Shulayi, shem Amalek, niska, filal, behema, lema, behema, zumishal Amalek, kaisa. So that the remembrance of Amalek should not even be on an animal. That belong to Amalek. That's, that's the action of the mitzvah. To re- erase it from what exists that comes from Amalek. However, we're not going away from the Pashtu Pshat of the Pasuk though. The simple Pshat of Timcha Zechar Amalek is to erase the remembrance of Amalek of your mind, of your heart, that it shouldn't even ever enter into your mind and heart. So the Rebbe says, When you will erase any trace of Amalek that exists in the world, from the people and the animals, and eventually what will automatically happen is, The remembrance of a Amalek will also be forgotten from the mind and heart of a person. If you erase any trace of a Amalek amongst humans and amongst animals that come from a Amalek, and the name of a Amalek doesn't exist in the world anymore, eventually it will be forgotten from you as well. The Rebbe brings an example for this in the Ha'ara regarding what Chazal tell us that when a person passes away, so eventually the remembrance, the memory of that person is Mishtakach Menalev. It gets forgotten from the heart. And the Rebbe is comparing it to our case over here. That Amalek, to remember Amalek, so apparently, possibly the Rebbe means that it doesn't just mean the existence of a nation that had the name Amalek, but what Amalek stands for, what Amalek is about. That that thought about Amalek shouldn't ever even enter into your mind because the whole trace of Amalek is entirely wiped out from the world and eventually what Amalek stands for will never enter into your mind and heart. Okay, so this is the simple pshat of the Rashi. We actually answered over here the first and last question that the Rebbe asked. The first question, what's Rashi coming to address? And the last question, why Rashi brings from the Pasik the words, Timche Ezecher Amalek. Rashi is touching these words, how this mitzvah is fulfilled. Now the Rebbe will answer the other questions. Based on what we said here, the Rashi Rashi is coming to explain the meaning of the word and also the whole concept of erasing Amalek. Rashi is coming to explain what's the content of this mitzvah. How do you fulfill this mitzvah of erasing the remembrance of Amalek? That's really what Rashi is explaining. Rashi is not just coming to explain a detail that the remembrance of Amalek is not only the descendants, the people, but it also refers to the animals. As it would seem from the simple language of Rashi. But Rashi is more broadly coming to explain what Zeicher Amalek really means. What's the Pshat? How do you erase the remembrance of Amalek? So move on, according to this it would also be understood, Why Rashi comes and clarifies that Zeicher Amalek includes also the men, the women, and the, and, the, and the babies, the infant, and the nursing baby. Why Rashi adds all of that? Because here Rashi in the broader sense is coming to explain what, Zeicher, what erasing Zeicher Amalek includes in the, in, the, in the more general sense, not just regarding the detail of the behemoth and so on. 
And the Rebbe explains why, why uh, this has to be clarified. Midyan, when it comes to the Mulchama of Midyan. Shabon et Stavu, so over there, what was the mitzvah regarding this war? Take revenge of the Midyanim that caused the Yidin to sin with the Chet of Baal Pa'er. So about there it says, The little babies you can keep alive. Even regarding the women, that the women have to be killed. The Torah there says the reason for this. It was the women that brought the Yidin to sin. They brought the plague upon Yidin. So from this it's clear, the Lulezais, if not for the fact that they were the cause of this plague, so the Ebishu would allow the women to remain alive just like the, to the babies. Although the Yidin were commanded to take revenge and kill the Midyanim. So similarly, we would think that this applies also to the war against Amalek, when you have to wipe out Amalek. Here it's also similar, the Yidin are taking revenge for what Amalek did when they attacked Yidin. As the Pasuk clearly says, Remember what Amalek did to you. That Amalek came and attacked Yidin on their way out of Mitzrayim. So, and then the Pasuk says, And therefore, you have to fight back and wipe out Amalek. So, therefore, I would think to say, So, since it's similar to the idea of what happened by Midian, that we're taking revenge, we're fighting back, so therefore, we should take revenge from the men. They were the ones that engaged us in battle. They were the ones that attacked us. The women, the babies, them you could leave alive. That's what I would think. In the flow of the context of the Pasuk, I would compare it maybe to what it says by Midian. So therefore, while Rashi clarifies the Pshara the Mitzvah, as we explained before, what this means, so Rashi explains that in these words itself, you also see that Zeichar Amalek cannot be compared to Midian. So Rashi quotes the beginning of the Pasuk that it says in Shmuel, Over here, the mitzvah is to wipe out the memory of Amalek. So the, the, in order to wipe out the remembrance of Amalek, men, women as well, unlike by Midian that it did not include women, but over here it includes women as well, and even the babies as well. Because over here it says Zeichah. And the only way to erase the memory of Amalek is, as the Rebbe said before, if you're going to erase the name of Amalek and anything that exists from the descendants of Amalek, from the animals of Amalek, then eventually it'll be erased from your mind as well. So this is part of Rashi's general clarification, to what the pshat of Zeichar Amalek means over here. Ulam, but now the Rebbe says, but Siyam Akasov, the conclusion of that Pasuk that it says in Shmuel, Migomel Gaimah, that it includes camels and donkeys that belong to Amalek, ain't Tzarech Lavir, there's no Rashi for, a reason for Rashi to quote this. Kimuvan Amiyelov, this is self-understood. The Kivish HaTzivoy, Larig Rashi Yatam, so Rashi explains the reason why you have to kill all the animals of Amalek. And Rashi's Medayik, I'm not quoting you a Pasuk of Shmuel here. Rashi does not say Kidachsiv, but Rashi is rather learning it from the Pshat in our Pasik. The basis of what I'm saying, Rashi tells you here, is because if it says Zeicha, the only way to get rid of the remembrance of Amalek in your mind is if you completely get rid of any of the animals or the humans of Amalek. 
So therefore this includes also that no animals should have the name of a Malik remembered upon them. So it's obvious that all animals are included in this. Rashi doesn't have to spell out further Gomal and Chamoir besides Sher and Seth. So it's obvious that it's included. So therefore Rashi doesn't have to clarify this. So this explains why Rashi doesn't write Kiddich Siv, that he's not quoting a Pasuk and Shmuel. Rashi here is coming to clarify the Pshat of the word Zeicheh. That the only way to get rid of that remembrance is by removing the name of Amalek from the people, from the animals, and therefore Rashi does not quote Gamal and Chamar. So that's the Pshat of here. So I think we've answered most of the questions that the Rebbe asked over here in the Pshat of the Srashi. But there's still one question which the Rebbe asked. Why does Rashi say that Loimar seems to be a redundancy? Rashi just said, he raised the name of Amalek from the animals. Then Rashi adds, and people will say that this belonged to Amalek. What's the pshat of this? So the Rebbe says, Rashi has to add that because there's another question here. The question remains, that you don't want the name of Amalek being mentioned even on an animal. You don't want anything, any trace of a name of Amalek that should remind a person because then it will never be removed from the mind, from the memory of the person. So if so, Kasha, the question is, The name of Amalek is not only on the animals that belong to Amalek, all kinds of other possessions, houses, fields, vineyards, or any other movable items, all kinds of properties or whatever it is that belong to Amalek and has the name of Amalek on it, shouldn't we wipe that out as well? Shouldn't we burn it down and destroy it as well? So why is Rashi saying that the mitzvah is just to wipe out the animals? And why doesn't the mitzvah include also not to wipe out all of their possessions? So the name of Amalek shouldn't even be mentioned even on an inanimate item, even on a house, a, a tree, a field, a vineyard, any movable object that has the name of Amalek, it belonged to Amalek, shouldn't we destroy that and burn that as well? So this is what's bothering Rashi here. So therefore Rashi adds and says, When it comes to animals, people will say, this animal belongs to Amalek. And with this Rashi is answering this question. Wiping out any trace of Amalek, that the name of Amalek shouldn't be remembered, is only when it's something that people will say that this, oh, this belonged to Amalek. And this is only true regarding animals and not regarding other objects, not regarding other properties or objects that belong to Amalek. Why not? What's the difference? So the Rebbe explains as follows. Animals and any other living things that belong to Amalek. You cannot alter it. You cannot change it to the point that you won't recognize this animal, that you won't recognize what it was and where it came from. The same animal, when it was owned by Amalek, if someone else now buys it, it's going to be the same animal. You're going to give it a haircut, whatever you'll do to the animal. You cannot really change it that much. Or even if you change it, but eventually it goes back to its original nature. 
Besides, even if you would try to change the uh, nature of the, or the, the uh, appearance of the animal, it's tzar balachayim. You're giving the animal pain that's not necessary. You're not allowed to cause any pain to the animal, give it a plastic surgery or whatever it is, if it's just a tzar balachayim that's not necessary. So practically speaking, to take an animal that you buy from a malik and to change it, that you shouldn't recognize that this is an animal that came from that individual or from this family of a malik is impossible. So therefore it's understood. Even when the animal goes into new ownership. So it remains a mark of the name of the previous owners. So if the animal remains in its same appearance and its same nature, so therefore it's the human nature that it reminds you of the previous owners. So therefore, animals from Amalek, even if they're going to enter into the possession of Yidin, Yidin will buy them or Yidin will, will conquer and confiscate all the animals and they're entering into the Yidin's ownership, that's not enough. It cannot go through a complete change from its form and its appearance before. And therefore, people will always be able to say, This once belonged to Amalek. And therefore, the name of Amalek will not be erased. So that's what Ashi is saying. Even after you'll acquire or you'll confiscate these animals of Amalek and you assume a new ownership over these animals, it does not change the fact that it's still the same animal and it reminds you of the previous owner. Which is not the case when it comes to all other possessions of Amalek, whether it's properties, whether it's movable items. It's not necessary to wipe it out, to burn it down to the ground or whatever. And it would be enough, and if, and if it's enough, then it would be necessary, at least in the Pshat. Change it to such a degree that it will be completely, the appearance of the whole thing is completely different, and it won't remind you of a malik anymore. You take an item, whatever it is, completely change it, alter its, its appearance, whether it's a property, it can change its complete appearance, whether it's a building, whether it's a house, totally change its appearance, and it won't remind you of a malik anymore. So therefore, it is not, not necessary to completely wipe out and burn down any of these things that are in the category of a doimim. The Rebbe takes us a step further. We can even say possibly more. The Dvarim Elu, these objects, these items that we're talking about over here that are from the Daimim, since by their very nature, it's not, nothing is forcing it to remain the way it always was, like it is in the case of an animal, the very fact that you acquire it or you confiscate it and it enters into a new possession, and now it's totally in your control and you have the very simple option and possibility to change them. The nature of a person, he won't always be saying, the person, ah, this is a molex. person won't say that. It might... The, the, the memory might be there that it belonged to Amalek, but not enough to be ma'ayr for a person to say that this is Amalek's. Because you own it to the extent that you can do with it whatever you want. You own it to the extent that you can change it in any way, the appearance, and do with it whatever you want. Something that you own to that extent, that its very nature lends itself for you to change it and do with it whatever you want, so therefore a person won't say that this belongs to Amalek. The chasam 
So all these other possessions that would belong to Amalek, David and an Adamit, Afilim Khshuvimem, even if they're very, very um items, even the very expensive items, Kaganavanam Tavis and Margolius, precious gems and stones, Maakashi Khailum Lushanaisam, since it's possible to completely change their appearance, aim it's a Yusam Kayemes Atkade Kah, it doesn't remain in its existence. To the extent that the name of the first owner remains in it forever. So therefore there's a very big difference between buying or confiscating animals, living things that retain its nature the way it always was before and the name of Amalek remains on it to a much larger extent that a person will say, oh, this is Amalek's. It'll always remind you to the point you'll even express it bedibut. Mashenke, when it comes to other things, other animals, the very fact that you can change it, then you can alter it, and you completely change it from the way it was before, you have full control over it. So you attribute this being completely mine. It's totally in my control. So now we see why the words of Rashi is not a redundancy. So Rashi says, That specifically by animals, a person will say that this belonged to Amalek. With this addition, Ashi is clarifying why it's not necessary to wipe out all other possessions of Amalek besides the animals. Because it's specifically by the animals that it's a stronger memory that a person will say that this belongs to Amalek. And therefore, only when you wipe out the uh, animals, not only the humans, but the animals as well, this will eventually get rid of the remembrance of Amalek and even the remembrance of Amalek in the person's mind. Now that Rebbe adds, now how would Rashi know that this is actually the Pshat and the Pasuk here? True, in the Pasuk of Shmuel, when it talks about this, it doesn't mention anything about the fact that there's an Indian to erase Amalek from Adaimim. Right? The objects of Amalek, to burn and destroy the objects of Amalek. But, as the Rebbe says, Rashi here is not really quoting the Pasuk of Shmuel. He's teaching the Pshat in our Pasuk here, Zeichar Amalek. So maybe in the Pshat of Zeichar Amalek, it does include destroying the daimim of Amalek as well. So the Rebbe clarifies, And what forces us to say so, even in the Pshat of the Pasuk, right here, then you don't have to go and destroy all of the possessions of Amalek. Because if that would be the mitzvah, the Torah would have used the term cheirem, which is the term similar to what it says regarding an irani dachas in Parshas Re'eh, that you have to gather all of the possessions of the city, put them in the center of the city, and burn it. So over there it uses the term cheirem, which refers to all of the possessions, not just the humans and the animals. So over here the Torah says, Timcha zeichar Amalek, so it doesn't include all of the uh, possessions of Amalek, because it doesn't use this term. So, we're, so this explains us the Pshat and the Rashi. So we've answered all of our questions. But now the Rebbe explains, according to this, a very interesting thing that Mepharshim speak about. So according to what Rashi says in the Pshat of the Pasik, we can answer what it says in the Megillah. The house of Haman Achashverish says, I give to Esther. So the question is, Haman was a descendant of Amalek. That's why he's known and he's called Haman Agogi. So you have to wipe out Amalek. You have to wipe out any remembrance of Amalek. So why is Esther accepting the house of Amalek and not burning it and then destroying it? This is a question that Mepharshim asks and the Rebbe in Order 21 brings a few answers to this. But the Rebbe says, But the way we're learning in the Pshat of the Pasik, 
what the mitzvah's timcha zeichar amalek entails. The way Rashi says that it's only something which is loimar, something that which will remind you and bring you to say that this belongs to amalek. So this is not a question. There was nothing, there was no problem with Esther accepting this gift of Beis Haman. The fact that Haman's name was on this house, like, like Achashvedish says, in a Beis Haman Asatila Esther, I'm giving the house of Haman to Esther. When he's giving it to her, at that time it was Haman's house. Once it enters into her ownership, her possession, that name doesn't remain. People are not going to say always that this is the house of Haman. People will say, this is now Esther's home. Esther decorated it the way she wanted. She lives the way, in it the way she does. And she, can, she has the full possession. She could totally change the house in any way, shape, or form she wants. And as the Rebbe said, therefore it's not compared to animals that always remain the exact same or very similar to the way it was by its original owner. You can't change it much. So therefore, taking base Haman and now becoming base Esther is not a problem. Now here the Rebbe brings a very interesting Kavachayim to prove this point. The very fact that there's another mitzvah here, besides the mitzvah of wiping out Amalek, in the beginning of this parasha that it talks about Amalek, there's the mitzvah to remember what Amalek did for you. So maskiras Amalek, that very mitzvah reminds you constantly what Amalek did. But nevertheless, it's not a contradiction of Pipshutish or Mikra Kanal, even in the simple Pshat of the Pasik, to the mitzvah to wipe out Amalek. If a person is remembering, and then it's, he's remembering in order to wipe out the memory of Amalek, this itself is the way, that the remembrance of Amalek will be forgotten from your heart. If a person remembers to remember, so then it won't wipe it out. But if you're remembering to erase, it will be forgotten from your mind. That's what we're going to have to say. The Rebbe in a moment will explain this more in the next Sif. But the point of here is, the Rebbe has a Kalvachimer. If you're saying that the mitzvah to remember Amalek, is not a contradiction to the mitzvah to wipe out Amalek. Allah has come with a kama, benesinas, beis Haman. Most definitely, when it comes to the fact that the house of Haman is given to Esther, it's being given to Esther to, to become hers, that she can do with it whatever he wants. So the whole point is what? To create a shrine with the name of Haman on it forever? No, Adarabah. The whole point that gives it to Esther is to be mevatel the name of Amalek. That Esther should assume ownership and it should become hers and have her name on it. So we can't say that this is a contradiction to the concept of wiping out the name of Amalek. Adarabah, the whole point is to wipe out and to give it over to Esther. But the Rebbe now comes back to the point, to this Kav that the Rebbe said over here. But still this seems to be a, a big wonder. How is it possible to erase the remembrance of Amalek? This that happened with Amalek, who come a parashi is betayda. There's a few parashas in Teda that speak about this. You should be careful not to forget, not, not to every move of your heart what Amalek did. This is one of the sheish schiris that we say every single day. And this week's parasha, the Pasek says, Remember what Amalek has done to you. So how is that not going to be a contradiction to the other mitzvah, which is to wipe out Amalek? A very simple and basic question. You have two mitzvahs that seem to be diametrically opposed to each other. Remember Amalek, but at the same time, wipe them out of your remembrance. 
completely wipe it out of your memory. And you have to wipe out and erase any, any trace of what exists from what comes from Amalek, the humans, the animals, so that people shouldn't say, oh, this comes from Amalek. But here we're saying there's a mitzvah to remember Amalek. So how does this work? So therefore the Rebbe says we must say as follows. And this is understood even in the Pshara of the Pasuk. The problem is, the Isr is to remember Amalek if you're actually intending to remember, if that's your intention. If you're remembering Amalek because you want to remember who Amalek is and what he's about, that's a problem. But at the same time, But to remember Amalek and your entire purpose of the remembrance is just in order to erase, that that's not called remembering. You're remembering in order to erase. That's called remembering. That's just a method of how to erase. So therefore, that, not only is that not a contradiction to erasing, that's the way you erase it. That's how you get it out of your mind completely. There is a minik to write the name of Amalek that ever brings the sources for this in the order 23. There's a minik to write the name of Amalek on, on pieces of wood or stones and to, to step on it and to erase it. Right? So when the person writes the name over there and he's writing it just in order to erase it, that's a problem with remembering Amalek. No, Adarabe. The very writing itself is erasing. That's not called remembering Amalek at all. If he wants to remember, uh, erase that is, the, the, a trace of Amalek, a remembrance of Amalek, so you have to have the name of Amalek written, and then you write and you erase that name of Amalek that you just wrote. So we hear that Rebbe is going according to the Pshat that we're going to say that the Timcha Zechar Amalek is not just erasing it from your remembrance, from your memory, but actually erasing a trace of Amalek that exists on something. There has to be the name of Amalek somewhere on something in order to erase it. So the person is writing it with the intention to erase. This is not called, this, that's not called remembering. It's Poshet not called remembering if you're just doing it in order to erase. Adarab, it's a chalik of the erasing. Now the Rebbe says, according to this, very interesting, According to this, we can ask the following question. A person is stealing from an Ani. He's stealing from a person that's very poor. Why is he doing this? Because he wants to then be, get caught and then pay him keful, that, like the Allah is by Gneve, that you have to pay double. He knows that this poor man is too embarrassed. He's not going to accept stock in any other way. So you're stealing from him in order to pay him careful. And then he'll accept it with, with, uh, with, uh, in a graceful way, in an honorable way. So what's, hap- what's happening over here? The person's doing a Maisa Geneva. But if we're saying regarding remembering, that if the whole remembering is at the beginning of the process to erase, it's not called remembering. It's not together remembering. Adarab, it's the haschal of the erasing, and therefore it's pachlal narastire to the uh, mitzvah of erasing. It's a chalik of the erasing, so maybe we should say the same thing over here. That the very act of stealing from the oni is the beginning of your giving of tzedakah. This is your mechanism of giving. So maybe this is, this is allowed. Another example, a person buys chametz on Pesach because he wants to have the opportunity to fulfill the mitzvah of uh, burning the chametz. He's buying it in order to burn. Not buying it and then burning. No, he's buying it to fulfill the mitzvah. So maybe that's not Bachlal called that you bought it and that you own it. You should be able to buy it all, buy your matzah. No, I bought it to burn. So that's not a problem. 
Third example, a person that makes an Aved Zara just for the purpose to go and smash the Aved Zara. He wants to go and smash Aved Zara. He doesn't have any Aved Zara to smash. So he makes an Aved Zara in order to smash it. He's making Aved Zara. He's not making Aved Zara. When he makes it, it's the process to smash. So therefore we could say that in all of these cases it might be, it might be allowed. The end kamakaima. The Rebbe doesn't go into a further discussion on this over here. Now the Rebbe finishes off in the Yenish Shaltaira, Shabbipirish Rashi. What can we take out? Lapi Chsidis from this Rashi. Mavur Bechsidis. So it says in Chsidis regarding Amalek. The Klippas Amalek Baveda Huinyan Akridis. Amalek represents the Kaltkite when a person is cold and indifferent to, uh, to mitzvahs, to Taira, to Yiddishkeit, to his Aveda. Ashakar Chabaderech. Amalek comes and cools off Yiddish. Amalek comes to a person and says, it's great, it's good, you're davening, you're learning, but why the excitement? Why the varimkait? Why the koch? Calm down, cool down. Don't get excited about davening and learning and doing mitzvahs. And how do you wipe out that kalkait of Amalek? It gets under the skin, it gets it to a person, and it's very difficult to get it out. The way to get it out is like they evaded the Kabbalah soil. You accept it with an oil malchus shemaim. You throw yourself into it. No, I'm doing this anyways. Even though that kaltkite's there, I'm going to do it anyways. And you and you go and you're determined and you bring back that varimkite and that involvement that you have. So Kabbalah soil is the way to fight back Amalek. When it comes to a kaltkite, the kaltkite is not rational. So it's not you're going to what? How are you going to fight back? You're going to logically come and argue and talk and persuade. It doesn't work. The Kabbalah oil will connect you in a way that it'll remove the kaltkite. This idea we could see hinted here in Rashi. Where is the influence of Amalek and how you could fight back? Amalek could have an influence. The point that Eb is going to say over here is Amalek could have an influence on a lot of different areas in a person's Avedis Hashem until the area of Kabbalah Sail. There Amalek doesn't have an influence. So let's see. Amalek, Vereshis Goyim Amalek. Amalek, and he's the beginning of all nations. And the Rebbe says what all nations entails in the parentheses, Zion Umais, the seven nations, or the Zion Midas, the seven Midas of a person. Amalek is really the beginning and the Shairish and the source of all the nations. So Amalek could have an effect in the person in Zel Umazeh, in the place where there could be a battle between the Nefesh Lekis and the Nefesh Bahamas. So therefore Amalek could have an impact where? B'zayim Midas the Nefesh Lekis, in the seven Midas of the Neshama of the Nefesh Lekis, Ubuchol Nefesh Bahamas, in all of the areas, in any part of the Nefesh Bahamas, of course Amalek could be very effective. Va'ad She'ena Shem Shalem, the name of the Eibishter is incomplete, and therefore it says Rak Yutke in Pashas Peshalach. It says the, or the name of the Ebishter, only Yutke, Veloi Vovke, and not the name Vovke, which are Zayim Midis de Lamaila. Vovke corresponds to the Midois, so it's only the name Yutke that's Peshlemus, but not the name Vovke, because that's the main place, the Midois, the Zayim Umis, which represents the Zayim Midis. That's the main place where the opposition of Amalek is very strong. And also Ve'enakise Shalem. The Ebishter's throne, so to speak, is not complete. What does this represent? So the Rebbe says Bekitzer. It says there in Pashas Peshalach, Case. So it says case below Aleph. The word the letter Aleph is missing in the word Kisei. Which what's the letter Aleph representing? The Aleph, which is the master of the universe, is not there, not revealed in the case, which the word case without the Aleph means concealment. So it, it remains conce- concealment without the revelation of the Aleph, which is the master of the universe. The heavens is Davish's throne, and the earth below is Davish's footstool. But that's not revealed, and therefore the Aleph is not there. So that's the opposition of Amalek. 
in a person, So this is what Rashi hints, that Amalek could influence and reach Ish V'isha. What is Ish V'isha? Nikra Ken Shema Midais. This refers, the Ish is the Midas of a person. There are different uh, terms that uh, a human being has. Adam, Ish, Anish, Gever. Ish is the Midais. And Isha also represents the Midais. So this is where the main place where Amalek, the influence of Amalek, the Kalkite of Amalek comes. When a person's midas are still not mature, it doesn't have the seichel behind it, it's still immature. Over there, Amalek could definitely have a big impact, which is what Rashi hints when he says the infant or the, or the nursing child, which is the midas of a person when they are bekatnas. That's what it should be here. The nefesh Bahamas of a person, Amalek could definitely have a big impact on a person. Whether an ox, whether a sheep. Shair is betaykva. A strong animal, which is very strong, or bechalishas, bekatnas, and nefesh that's very weak. So all of these places, this is the middays, primarily the middays of a person, is where Amalek, the kalkat of Amalek, comes in. So you have to erase the remembrance of Amalek and the impact of Amalek mi'ish from ish, which are the middays, until atzeh, until the most weak nefesh Bahamas, you have to erase the impact of Amalek in these places. So since there's the impact of Amalek amongst all the nations, Amalek is the source of all the other nations, which refers to all the Middays. And all aspects of what's included in Goyim, in the nations of the world, has to all be erased. And even more so, it says, that the Ebesha will actually transform the nations and actually transform all the nations. All Goyim. All of them are going to be elevated. So so when you look in the Pasuk in Shmuel, what does it say? Because it says all of them, everybody is going to be transformed. So this includes even Gomel and Chamayr, which are hints to different aspects of the nations amongst the Goyim. Rashi doesn't quote this, as we said already before, Rashi only brings what's Shaykh to Pshutisha Mikra. Possibly the Rabbi even means the Avaida in Pshutisha Mikra. And therefore, in what Rashi already said, it already includes all that different aspects of Avaida. So Rashi doesn't go into the absolute Shlemus of Asad Lavei, which the Pasik includes in Shmuel. Rashi says the basics that are Negeya to Avaida. So this is all where Amalek could reach. And therefore, where we have to erase the memory of Amalek. Aval. But there's one thing that you don't have to erase the memory of Amalek of. And what is that? The Pchinas Daimim. In the place of a Daimim. What does this refer to? It's a hint of Eritrea Avedi, the Kabbalah cell. The Daimim refers to Kabbalah cell. The Daimim has no opinions. The Daimim has no feelings, has nothing. The Daimim is Kabbalah cell. Absolute, accepting the yoke of heaven. As we see hinted in the Pasuk, in Loi Shevisi Vidaimamti. There are persons Daimim. He's completely quiet. Bittal the Kabbalah cell. Over here, if a person has a strong Kabbalah soil, a Malik has no place. So there's no reason to erase a Malik from a daimim. You come to the daimim, a Malik's not there. When a person has Kabbalah soil and he has bitl, not as middays, not as seichel, over there a Malik could reach. In the middays, to bring in a kalkite. But when it comes to Kabbalah soil, a Malik has no place over there. Actually. Then you expressed your Kabbalah's oil. You're actually able to remove Amalek from all other areas, from all your midas. The whole Kalkat of Amalek will get rid of that. Then we're Zeichet, what it says when Mashiach comes, Hashem Shalim, Vakise Shalim. That you have the Abish's name to be complete and the Abish's throne to be complete.